0: I'm going to do this. I'm going to run for the United States Senate. The time is now for fresh ideas and new leadership. I'm running for student council because of you and for you. That is why I stand before you today to announce my candidacy for president of the United States of America. This is Ravi Gupta from the Arena Talks podcast, where we profile up-and-coming leaders from across the country. In today's episode, we hear a speech from our Detroit Summit from June 9th and 10th. Uh, And we hear from Brittany Packnett, who is a nationally recognized activist and also a senior executive at Teach for America. And Brittany really brought the house down in this short speech. So let's jump right in. Good morning. Okay, so I'm the child of not one, but two preachers. So I'm gonna say good morning again, and I need you to respond to me like I'm back at Central Baptist Church in St. Louis, Missouri. Good morning. I won't be before you long, as my preacher parents also say. I'm really just here to give you some encouragement. Um, I just flew in from literally this morning, like my bag is in the back, from Knoxville, Tennessee, where the Children's Defense Fund is having their annual Ella Baker training for the facilitators in their freedom school, and they are lit. Because they understand this thing called freedom, this thing that we have to consistently work for, this thing that will take all of us, this thing that will take all of our energy, all of our commitment, and so they sing and they dance and they clap and they jump for joy because of the privilege to get to do this work. So that's why when I say good morning, I want to hear a lively, sprightly good morning back because it's a privilege to be in the room, right? It's a privilege to be in the arena, am I right? Some folks have to work on today in order to earn a living wage, in order to feed their family so they can't be in this room, right? Some people do not have the ability to open their mouths and speak the truths that we do for threat of uh, political or religious persecution, right? So when I say it's a privilege, that's not hyperbole. That's not just talk. I really mean it. And I don't have a theme, per se, um, because my theme is you all. My theme is all of us, and I'm really glad to be here seeing you ready and willing and in the arena. I know that for many of you this might be your first time, and I want you to know there's no shame in that. Everyone in this epically protracted battle to create a more perfect union had a first protest, a first action, a first engagement. From civil rights heroes to Ferguson frontliners, everyone had a crucible moment, a moment that shakes you up out of your dry place, awakens and catalyzes you, challenges you, and provokes you beyond mere faith, but to work. John Lewis had a day one. Diane Nash took a first step. Kamala Harris had a first election, and hopefully she'll win many more. Tammy Duckworth had a first battle, so whether this is your day 100 or your day 1, I'm glad you're here. But you know, I have to tell you the truth, some of us have been here. I'm thankful that my day 1, my step 1, was in a stroller at my parents' side because justice was the family's business and along with my brother, they made it ours. But beyond people like me who were raised in a tradition of resistance, not everyone gets to choose whether they enter the arena or not. Let me explain what I mean. See, black folks are in the arena whether we wanna be or not. Because even if we're not interested in racism, as Ta-Nehisi Coates says, racism is interested in us. Immigrants are in the arena whether they wanna be or not because the stigma of other is a label that we are quick to throw and slow to remove. People with disabilities are in the arena whether they want to be or not because the basic human dignity of an in- inclusion is a threat to their inclusion in the arena in the first place. My LGBTQ family are in the arena whether they want to be or not because some folks have the unmitigated gall to think who you love and how you identify is our business and your sin. You know women of color are in the arena whether we want to be or not. Am I right? Amen. (laughs) Because if we didn't show up, we'd keep having folks leading women's movements and Leave Us Behind, and let's be honest, without women of color, everything would fall apart. (laughs) But let me take this further because you see, Michael Brown Jr. didn't have a choice. Darren Wilson's bullet put him in the arena. Jordan Davis didn't have a choice. Michael Dunn put him in the arena. Trayvon Martin didn't have a choice. George Zimmerman put him in the arena. Sandra Bland didn't have a choice. Brian and Cena put her in the arena. The Charleston Nine didn't have a choice. Dylan Roof put them in the arena. Twelve-year-old Tamir Rice didn't have a choice because Timothy Lohman put him in the arena. Demarcus Stansberry didn't have a choice. Transphobia put him in the arena. Khalif Browder didn't have a choice. An entire system built on modern-day slave labor put him in the arena. Our children don't have a choice because that cradle-to-prison pipeline puts them in the arena. So, yes, there are some of us who know this arena, some of us who know this toil, this strife, this striving, this hoping, this back-breaking labor for which there is little reward and sometimes even less gain. But I've said it before and I'll say it again, I don't care how you got here, what time you got here or why you got here. I don't care how you got woke, I just care that you stay woke. And while we must acknowledge the striving of many who have been here for long days and long nights before now, it will take every single one of us, pulling in the same direction, building the immovable oppositional force against oppression to win what we seek. So we want you, we need you, we are stronger together. But now that you got woke, it's time to stay woke and you have to make sure that you live woke. We must make sure that we stand in the arena for those who aren't earthly present with us to take a stand for themselves. We must make sure that in our privilege we don't prioritize some struggles over others. So stand for Sandra Bland just like you do Elizabeth Warren. Stand for trans women of color just like you do gay white men. Stand for workers in New York and for workers in rural Missouri. Stand for children in Detroit and children in Flint. We must make sure we stand in the arena for those who have been here pledging to keep the most affected first. We must no longer make women's movements about white women alone. We must no longer put young folks in the back behind us and our egos. We must no longer be afraid to speak the truth because truth, out loud and in public, is an act of protest. Aim to become an enemy of injustice so powerful that the orange man in the White House will want to tweet about you. to be an enemy of oppression, so tough that you are still in the ring long after this administration is over because the fight will continue. So, so whether you just got here or whether you've been here, we must all correctly calculate the risk, look danger in the face, and decide to press forward toward the mark anyway. We must decide that our voice may cost us, but silence is always costlier. I've heard it said that in wartime, an enemy doesn't just want to destroy you, they want to destroy your will to resist. See, we will have only lost when we lose our will to resist. Because oppression doesn't want you in the arena. Gentrification, it doesn't want you in the arena once you're buying a $12 latte. Marginalization doesn't want you in the arena. The prison industrial complex, it needs you to stay home. For-profit education needs you to take a seat. The 1% wishes you just shut up already. Supremacy doesn't want us in the arena because it knows that when we get together, its days are numbered. Supremacy doesn't want you in the arena, but love does. Hope needs you in the arena. Justice requires your presence. Equity needs you to show up and keep showing up. Liberation demands your participation. It won't be easy because the most important things never are. Tear gas doesn't taste good, I can tell you that personally. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but it is always time for what's right. So I'm glad you're in the arena. I have hope because you are here. I know there are more of us than there are the people who want to diminish us. In the arena, we can overwhelm hate with justice, which is just love in action. In the arena, we can drown out all the isms with equity. In the arena, we operate knowing that none of us are free until all of us are free and we don't leave marginalized people behind. In the arena, we don't perpetuate the same supremacy that we are looking to eradicate. In the arena, we marry love and power and use our power to cancel out anything that stands in the way of love. So now that you're here, now that you got woke, stay woke, live woke, and let's bust this thing wide open. Thank you.